Our reading from the New Testament comes from the book of the Acts this morning. The book of the Acts, chapter 2, verses 1 through 21. The story we're going to read, brothers and sisters, is the one of the Pentecost. On that day when the disciples were together, as they were used to be on a Sunday Listen for God's word for us this morning. Acts chapter 2. When the day of the Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and the tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now, there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And, and how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language, Parthians and Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, in our own language we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Please pray with me. Gracious God, you come among your people as one who fashioned all things, who face to face reveal your knowledge of our lives, and whose presence brings assurance and hope. Holy Spirit, come again. As long ago you inspired and astonished and confused the people, come to us now to fill our ears with the sound of your breath, fill our eyes with the brilliance of your presence in each other, fill our hearts with your good word. Amen. It always amazes me, brothers and sisters, that somehow we manage to tame God. 
to domesticate God, to be docile and submissive to us. As if God is sitting somewhere and waiting somewhere, waiting for an invitation to come to us or to come into our hearts, whatever that may mean. On this day of the Pentecost, of which we read in Acts chapter 2, the followers of Jesus learned that the Spirit of God is no soft, cuddly, holy spirit. See what happens in our story when God in spirit, the Holy Spirit comes uncontrollable, unpredictable and disruptive, breaking open and destroying all the boundaries which were kept in place by the followers of Jesus the Messiah. This, brothers and sisters, this occurrence of Pentecost is not a single occurrence. This introduction is but the beginning of a sequence of occasions in which the Spirit mobilizes the followers of Jesus and inaugurates new directions for ministry and for community. The followers of Jesus were again all together in one place. Maybe Luke wanted us to stop a bit and to think if this is really what God has called us to do. To all be together in one place. Or did the rest of, uh, does, uh, the rest of, uh, rest of the story teach us that God actually wants us to be out there in the world to make a change and to make a difference? But this is how we get to know the disciples in the stories after the crucifixion of Jesus. Even after the resurrection, they were hiding behind closed doors. And even though Jesus was not kept out by their security and their safety measures, it was difficult for the early followers of Jesus, maybe for us, to really get what was happening here. And so the disciples reverted to what they knew. Go read the story of the early church in chapter 1 of Acts. How they were getting everything in order through a clear process and clear administration. Peter standing up and say, brothers, this is the time that we have to reorganize. We need to choose a replacement for Judas. And they even used God's help to get this replacement for Judas. And they restored decent decency and good order like it's supposed to be in the church. And this group of people, brothers and sisters, thought that they were ready for the future. Thought that they were ready for whatever could come to them. But then it happened. God's spirit, the the promised paraclete, God in spirit, came suddenly and disturbingly and, and disrupted what was decent and in good order. Do you remember? The coming of the Spirit happened while there was a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And now it was nothing like Jessica's little fan. Think more about the destructive hurricane. A few years back in Iowa, there was what they call a line wind, the ratio. 300 miles an hour took all the trees out. Total destruction, like following a hurricane. 
and something like flames as a fire were appearing among them. Pentecost, brothers and sisters, is the name for the Feast of Weeks. This was a one-day religious festival where the Israelites celebrated the wheat harvest with special sacrifices. Initially, they associated it with the renewal of the covenant which God made first with Noah and then with Moses. And later on, they celebrated it as the remembrance of the day when the law, the Ten Commandments, was given at Mount Sinai, the story of Exodus chapter 19. And if there's another story that we need to remember and that we need to teach our children, it is the story of Exodus chapter 19 and 20. The story of thunder and lightning, as well as a thick cloud on the mountain and a blast of a trumpet so loud that all the people who were in the camp trembled. They knew that the God of Israel is never, never to be approached in person. That this God was almighty. That God proved to be untamable. Jewish Christians who were together on the day of the Pentecost. And Luke tells us about them in chapter 2. Probably connected these memories of the childhood stories. With what was happening. When they suddenly heard the sound of this strong, strong wind. And when they saw the fire that spread among the people. The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, comes and shakes everything up, disrupts everything that they knew and everything that they have expected about God. Where the early church expected to have everything under control, to have a nice worship service that Sunday, with even the disciple who left the group replaced, then God's Spirit came not to comfort or to give the church people peace. I mean, there's nothing specifically comforting about the rush of a violent wind. There's nothing comforting about the noise that a hurricane and a tornado makes. Nothing comforting about tongues of fire that comes down from heaven and seems to be burning everything out. And once the disciples started to talk about Jesus, it was in a way that everybody could understand the message. Everyone who witnessed the activity is described as bewildered and, and amazed and astonished and maybe terrified. Because you remember what Peter said, this may be the end. In the last days... And in a sense, it was the end. It was the end of the old ways and the inclusivity of the group of believers. Go read in Acts chapter 1 now they decided who should be the disciple in place of Judas Iscariot. One of the men who were with us all the time. One who knows exactly what we know. One who looks like us. That's the one who needed to be the disciple. And I told many people as comforting thought for when you call a pastor, they got it wrong. Believe me. You never know a year about that disciple again. But we, we know from Sunday school 
that the gifts of the Spirit is given to the church. And these gifts reach outward to those who are outside or on the other side. By empowering God's people who believe in Jesus to serve and to connect, especially to the unlovable and unlikable people. And then to connect in more than words as we do often, agreeing with each other, agreeing with people who are like us. And so we agree about everything. But when the Spirit of God comes, brothers and sisters, even those we cannot like and those we cannot love, who makes it difficult for us to even like them, we connect to them in service and in giving food to those who are hungry and a glass of water to those who are thirsty and money to the clinics in Haiti and to Christians in Ukraine and Uvalde and clothes to the naked and, and welcoming strangers and taking care of the sick and visiting the prisoners taking young people and children on life-changing camps and conferences. We cannot miss this. Can, can I say it in different words? The Holy Spirit, brothers and sisters, who empowers the believers to go out and to speak about and to live Jesus God's Messiah, disrupts our comfort disrupts all the reasons we can give not to take part and to participate in events. The Holy Spirit of God disrupts our way of doing and our church and everything we have always held to be holy and reserved for our own personal use. Through believers being changed, God's Spirit benefits those outside the Jesus movement. Those outside the church, those who have lived this place in a language and cultural world which is not their own. Because now they can hear and see the good news in their own language. In the story that we read from Acts chapter 2, all the nations hear disciples speaking in their own language. And we honestly don't know how. But the point is that the people from all over the world heard and were attracted to this group of people who displayed the miraculous effect of the indwelling of God's Spirit. Which makes me sometimes wonder if we always get it right. If we sometimes disrupt God's word because we think we know everything. Did we here at Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church Still do we miss this disruptive work of God's Spirit. The way that we live together for a while with the history fraught with bad experiences and memories proof that we didn't get it. Brothers and sisters, can it be possible that on this Pentecost we don't expect a gentle spirit that will come and comfort us in, in where we are? that we don't expect a gentle dove descending because we remember to invite God into our lives. I wonder what will happen if God's Spirit comes like a hurricane, becomes an unquenchable fire to us and disrupt our normal way of doing. And yes, it may sound ridiculous to you, just like to people more than 2,000 years ago, 
when some were amazed and stunned, but others made fun of it. And when Peter responded to those who made fun of what was happening, to those who were embarrassed in disbelief, said that there was only one explanation that the God of the prophecy of Joel was present among them even now. That this God came indeed and disrupts. Because God's final chapter of redeeming work has begun to take place. Then go see how Peter changed Joel's after this to in the last days. God's spirit, brothers and sisters, came on all flesh, old and young, male and female, slave and free, with no exception. Came to unite in spite of diversities of age and gender and social status. In spite of differences in financial standing and sexual orientation and political alliance. By the coming of God in spirit who dwells among all people and in all people. This is what is now beginning, Peter says. Now everyone speaks God's word. They prophesy and they dream dreams and they see visions of a new reality. And they name the places and the ways where God intervenes, where God initiates in the world. They identify God's salvation at work and they start to talk about it. You see, this Jesus community, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, challenged existing religious and accepting norms, continued to do this just as Joel did. And new dreams and visions and new realities turned the Jesus community outward, brought proclamation to those people outside in their mother languages. And the church, you should go read, grew because outsiders found in the church people, people who devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of the bread and to prayers and not to fighting each other. An attractive group, not because there was a dynamic and exciting preacher, but because the people displayed the miraculous change that happens in people when God's spirit interrupts and disrupts our lives with power. When God's spirit, brothers and sisters, changes our lives together and our language about and our treatment of each other. So Pentecost isn't that one time when the spirit came into the world or came to the church or our, our celebration of that. But Pentecost wants to remind us again of who we are as a church who we are as Mount Pleasant Presbyterian Church, who and what we proclaim and who our hope is and who the source of our proclamation is. Pentecost reminds us that the church is in the world, but not of the world. That we are a church not because we like each other or even because you like worship at Mount Pleasant Presbyterian but we are reminded that the church are here for the sake of the world and the sake of those who are disliked and the, those who are shunned by other people. And so the power of 
The Holy Spirit is not really to be found in the wind and the flames or in the miracle of hearing or speaking, which only seem to foretell the amazing events yet to come. The power of God, brothers and sisters, is discovered between us, is discovered among us, and through us. And it all begins when we found out that the Holy Spirit disrupts everything that we always held to be true. When the Holy Spirit comes and builds a new understanding of the will of God, when we begin to embrace all and every person and people as sisters and brothers, the new family of God, this is where we experience the power of God in spirit. And once that happens, anything is possible after this. Amen.